0: Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, getting a grip on anger. You know, sometimes life presents something really outrageous. A careless driver maybe nearly causes a car accident with you. A staggering bill comes in that you were not expecting. A precious object is broken or stolen. Maybe you even learn that someone you care about has been harmed. Of course you get mad. But the question is, what then? Do you have a quick turnaround time? Do you identify which things you can change and which things you can't? And take the action you can with the things that can be addressed And the bigger question than that is, with the things you can't change, how soon do you begin to adjust to the new reality? How soon are you able to reach what we could call a state of workability? You don't have to like it, but you can adjust to living with it. If this describes you, your relationship to anger is terrific. But now we have to look at a couple of other patterns, though. Patterns that don't sound helpless, but they fall under the general umbrella of what we're going to be calling learned helplessness. These patterns are hard to manage for people who are trapped in them, and it makes it very hard for those who are living with them to manage them. You may know folks who approach their lives in one of these two ways. The first type is the simmerer. These are the ones that seem to be in a steady state of simmering. They scan for irritating bits to talk about. And if the conversation lightens up a bit, they're going to steer it back to negativity. It's as if they're searching for those topics that will let them fume. Or, there's another type. We could call these the ones that flare. They blow up a lot. They always seem to have a volatile response that's highly predictable. So how would we describe them? We'd say they're reacting habitually. There's a quality of repetition. They're reenacting some kind of pattern of response. It's not a question of whether their anger will arise. It's just a question of when and what's going to do it. Here's what makes it so hard to live with these folks. They're not really angry about something in the now. It's what therapists would call an archaic response a reaction pattern that was learned long ago, maybe in childhood, maybe in a traumatic time that triggered PTSD. And now it has spread to impact almost everything that happens to them. And because the anger is not really about now, there's actually nothing you can do now to fix it. This is particularly hard on children who live with someone who flares with anger. Sometimes Even though it seems counterintuitive, they would actually provoke the person who gets angry because at least they could control when it was going to happen since they had no control over whether it was going to happen. And they'd carry that strategy over into the schools and try to badger their teachers. If the teacher ever blew up, then they'd know, ah, you're just like that too. It would take a long time to learn to trust that a teacher was always going to see things as workable. if they ever really felt safe, then they could learn and show their real intelligence. When I was working with children, I often wondered what was going to become of them. But years later, I got to teach at the college level and get to know over a thousand adult students. And some of them had gone through this as children. So now I know what becomes of them. Some of them are going to go on to become volatile themselves. And then if they get into a relationship, they'll often seek out therapy because they don't want to lay that trip on anyone else. But often, they don't become volatile. They become really sensitive to the moods of others. They ended up having amazing skills in working with emotional issues, and some of them even went on to be very effective therapists. When adults get caught up in these abusive relationships with a flaring type person, they can end up feeling like the flare is their fault because they do get blamed of course, but since the real cause is archaic it's really not about their actions at all. It also means that unless the pattern is reset there is no solution. Fortunately there are a number of trauma release therapies that have been successful. Strategies that specialize in working with PTSD can be really helpful. But now let's look at the less extreme situations. Maybe you're not the great workability turnaround champion, but your simmering periods or your flare-ups aren't really all that bad either. So what can you do? We're going to learn a lot more about what works in upcoming podcasts, but here's a starter list of practices that you can work with. Smile more often and wake up your sense of humor. Enjoy meals with folks that you care about and really set the table. Think of ways to make your living space more attractive, maybe even have flowers sometimes. Enjoy music, walks in nature, and try to spend time with furry animals that you like. Shake hands with folks when you say goodbye. Even a simple touch like that can be nourishing. And be sure to get enough sleep. It's almost magical what sleep can do to restore your peace of mind. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I think you'll love my book, Original Mind Uncovering Your Natural Brilliance. It's available at embraceyourbrain.com.